folks, we're back. It's episode 14. Um, I had a little bit of a sadness last episode just because we didn't touch on the fact that it was unlucky number 13. I'm oh. kind of glad we didn't talk about it because I feel like we would have jinxed ourselves into having a bad episode. Last week was pretty good. I, I, I'm a fan. It dep- I don't know who else was a fan because I don't know what fictional worlds they like and don't like. Right. So we could have mentioned all worlds that they just don't like. <laughs> right. Well, have you heard of the the outside world outside of Lord of the Rings? It's actually called Central Earth and not Middle Earth. And it's been and I hate those people. <laughs> well, that's when popcorn pops. Um, But today we are talking about, well, we're going to get into uh, what the title said. But first, we're going to talk about the dancing plague. Which is what Jacob is br- is bringing forth to me. Now I will note that uh, he's bringing up some information on a new device that oh, he yeah. has acquired. You want to talk about that? Yeah, guys, I am not very savvy. I'm not very computer savvy. Oh, um, I thought you said sappy. <laughs> not, I'm not sappy either. I'm not a tree, um, but I'm not very savvy with a V. Uh, or computer savvy. I've never really owned my own computer. Now, I had a, like, something that looked like a computer. And when I went to Northwest, uh, it acted as a computer. But I really just wrote essays on it. It might as well have just been a typewriter. <laughs> I didn't do anything else on my computer. Um, and I've had an iPad. So, like, that's the thing also. Um, but I've never, like, I've always wanted a MacBook. And I finally got my tax returns in. And, Yeah. I, I got my little MacBook. So it's a big boy purchase. Big boy, a big boy purchase of a laptop. Um, now I am, I am two laptop purchases into my adulthood, um, adulthood, studenthood. I don't really know. I'm two laptop purchases in. Yeah. So, if, and I really shouldn't be because my my last laptop crapped out way earlier than it should have, and I was really upset about it. Went with Apple. <laughs> Apple is absolute I'm just, trash. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. I I don't think it I don't think it'd be good for your career. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Apple computers aren't terrible. I have a couple beefs with them. Beef number A is that all of the normal shortcuts that you always learn Can con- you can you go back and say letter A, please? No. I will say uh beef number A. Is beef number A. Beef number A that I have <sighs> is that all the shortcuts that you learn when you know you're first learning to type control Z, control V control x control c you know all the things that have control something those are all incorrect on apple computers they have a control button but it's not the one you have to use you have to use command whatever here's the thing with that in particular i don't use those controls i've only used those controls when someone says oh you need to use control v or whatever i have never once on my own been like oh i know what to do here i'm gonna use control c so that does not affect me at all. And it will with beef number B that I have <laughs> because beef number B. with Apple computers, especially beef with if B. you have a mouse plugged in, then you can do this. But if you're on the trackpad, you can't just right click. You have to like it's the double or triple tap or whatever, and it's kind of finicky. So right clicking is harder than it should be. So when you want to right click copy, sometimes you accidentally click off what you've already highlighted. So I got to re-highlight it where you could do the the command the the shortcut, which is Control C, except it's not. Now it's Command C, and if you hit the wrong thing, then it unhighlights everything again. And then my biggest beef, especially because of what I do, school-wise, I don't have a profession yet, but with all my engineering classes, you can do, you can run the programs and do the stuff that I have to use 
on an Apple computer, uh-huh. but you always have to download something external to where you yeah. can run Windows on your Apple and then be able to download the program and run it through Windows. And it's a huge hassle. And Apple just can't deal with the programs that I have to use. Yeah. That's my biggest beef with it is just from all of my engineering stuff. Well, mine is the freaking USB ports. Why, why can't you just have I me? Mean, they have them on the most modern laptops that they've yeah. come out with, but it's like $400 extra dollars for it. So I'm like, okay, I'll buy this $70 external thing for to plug a flash drive in. Yeah, they made the laptops really thin and sleek, and everyone was like, oh, it's so thin and sleek. I love it. And then the second they got it, they were all like, oh, it's not thick enough to where they designed it with a USB port. $80 adapter, please. Yeah. And that's sucks. really annoying. Like, and the and the thing is also that they decided to take away the headphone jack, right? For like all their phones and stuff like right. that. So all the all the headphones I have have the uh, the little you know charger port for the end, right? Yeah. This doesn't have a charger port on it anywhere. It really? has the headphone jack, but it doesn't, and it has the lightning cable for the charger for the for that, but it doesn't have the the. I don't know what the term is, but it doesn't have that adapter to just plug in my headphones. So I have to get a dongle again. Thanks, well, Apple. I I think that you can – I don't know exactly what computer you got, but I think you can set it up to where it can Bluetooth pair to AirPods. AirPods. And I have AirPods, so, so I'm complaining about nothing. You Thanks, should, Apple. You should be good there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just excited. I, I like nice things, and I don't often get to buy nice things. Uh, so. Yeah, and I know – Especially Thanks since we, Obama. especially since we, <laughs> when, when we were young and those were coming out, those are some of the funniest things to me. And they're so stupid looking back on it, like a picture of a cookie that can't fill and fit in a glass of milk, and it says "Thanks, Obama." Thanks, Obama. When I was young and really didn't understand anything that was happening in the political world, I just thought those were so funny. Yeah, like man, he's really sucking it up out there, isn't he? Yeah, man. But I think, especially what I was what I was saying before, since we started all this podcast stuff and a little bit before obviously you have um oh actually you definitely need an adapter because of the usb mic you have yeah yeah i, um, I was already planning on buying one yeah but i just i i didn't think about it till after i had bought it and i was like oh wait this is not going to come with the usb port yeah and, and i know that the pro does but i got a backup air for it was one right because you obviously can't see mm-hmm. this um so i was like crap but you know it's but i know you've wanted something like this for a while because like yeah. Like you'll see videos on Twitter and be like, I want to be able to edit something like that. Yeah. Comedy. Comedy. And obviously it's doable on something like an iPad, but it's. Some of you may have seen like the little, like I I, I did like a little bit, you know, like a little bit from our podcast. And it took me like eight hours because <laughs> number one, I'm not a very good editor yet. So it took time to kind of learn how to do everything. But I edited on iMovie on an iPad and it was just. It was awful. Yeah, and if and when we get to record this thing, and if and when we do it with multiple cameras, way, 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 way down the line, if that, yeah. if the line keeps going, I'm, yeah, um, then obviously we'll learn to get better at editing and, and learn like a program like Adobe Premiere, which we have no reason to buy right now. Because the editing is not that it's not going to be that important. We're not quick shots and comedy cuts, and I'm not. I'm not spending my time with that. <laughs> no, not yet. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we should just hire an editor outright. No, <laughs> not uh, no, it, not right now. But I'm saying when we get to that point, we need to hire. When we need, to, if we're editing by ourselves, we can just be like, you know what? Someone else take care of this. We don't have to worry about it. Just make us look good. I mean, 
w- once we get to that point, I definitely want to be the ones that do it to start. Mm. Like once we get to that point, I don't want to immediately get again. This is all conjecture. Conjecture. <laughs> if we ever got to that point, I wouldn't want to immediately be like, "Sick, we're here. Somebody else do this work," because I want to be able to do that. You know, yeah. and learn how to wins. edit and like, like put in the like the way that I envision like a shot being cut for the com- comedic timing. Like I want to be able to put that in the way I see it. Right. And then after a while and obviously you as well and collaborate with it. And after a while of us kind of kind of establishing a style of the way we like our videos, then have an editor be like, you know, our videos like this is the style that we have. Yep replicate something akin to that when you're editing because we just don't want to do it anymore you know like establish a style and then have somebody put in a little bit of their own stuff and a little bit of their own flair beef it up but keep our our the skeleton of our whatever style we i love how we spent five minutes talking about this future empire we're building around milk and screams it's coming milk and screams is coming um you know what else came and went kyle what's that the boogie fever the buggy fever. They didn't call it that then. No, um, they didn't. In the year 1518. Now, they, yesterday, Jacob said, um, what, what is this called again? The Dancing Plague. The Dancing Plague. He, gave, he said, do you know what the Dancing Plague is? And I said, no. And he said, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. It's really interesting. Um, basically, in 1518, um, I'm just going to look up the village real quick. It's a, it's a village in Europe that ha- this happened in. Um, and this is, I think this has only happened like twice in history. Um, let's see. In July 1518, um, that was like, I think, 100 or so years ago, Um, residents of... Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you wouldn't catch that at all. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. This is obviously a joke. You didn't laugh at it. Well, I I had a different date going on in my head that I thought you were going to like say was the second time. And I was like, okay, yes, this date I have is 100-something years. (laughs) And then I realized you hadn't talked about that date yet. So my my brain had to do a little backtracking. Um, Anyways... Residents of the city of Strasbourg, uh, then part of the Holy Roman Empire. So, like, in Germany, right? In Flucht, in Germany. Uh, I've been to Germany. People started dancing. They'd um, never done it before. Well, they had done it before, um, but... Nope, first time in history the dance was ever recorded. But, uh, it wasn't like they were just, like, really happy. It was uncontrollable. Um, and this is not... A lot of people have like speculated that this is kind of like a, a a fake thing that like it's like oh it's urban legend, but it's actually really well documented, uh, like in like history books and stuff like that um, of that time. So around four hundred people uh, got caught up in this hysteria uh, and all just started violently dancing for like weeks on end. Um, some people died from exhaustion. From just dancing, from dancing, because they much? could, they couldn't stop cutting a rug, um, <laughs> just boogieing, just like straight up. Man, there have been four ads that have popped up <laughs> on this computer since I, I opened this document or document. Um, man, you just got the computer and already you've downloaded a virus. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was a virus for like a, I mean, virus, a, a ad for a, a car. It just popped up. Hey, car. I hope you're reading this, but car. <laughs> So dumb. Um, so, okay, they're uncontrollably dancing. There wasn't – was there some kind of catalyst to the dancing? So some people are saying uh, – let, let me just read this. The hysteria kicked off when a woman known as Frau Troifa stepped into the street and began to silently 
twist, twirl, and shake. This would be such a cool movie, like a horror movie. It would be a cool silent film. Yeah. Um, she kept up her solo dance on for nearly a week, and before long, some three dozen other Strauss bourgeois had joined in. Uh, by August, the dancing epidemic had claimed nearly as 400 victims with no explanation for the phenomenon. <laughs> Hiccup. Uh, local physicians blamed it on hot blood. It suggested the uh, afflicted oh, simply gyrate the fever away. Uh, a stage was constructed and professional dancers were brought in. The town even hired a band to provide backing music, but it wasn't long before the marathon started to take its toll. Many dancers collapsed from sheer exhaustion. Some even died from strokes and heart attacks. The strange episode didn't end until September, when the dancers were whisked away to a mountaintop shrine to pray for absolution. Okay, so sometime in August, you said, is when it started. July. July. Some woman goes out in the street, starts silently dancing, and then people just kind of started joining in. It's so funny. Like, she's just silently dancing. There's no music. Everyone's just, like, buying milk and stuff. Well, the, and the, she's just got... <laughs> the, uh, the verbs that you use, like, twisting and gyrating, like, some woman goes out there... Puts in her AirPods of fifteen eighteen and puts on Beatles "Twist and Shout" and starts silently dancing like a like one of those. Aren't those just called silent dances? What are those called when everybody has their own music on in their head in their I headphones? Know. I don't know. I forget what those are called. I think they're called silent dances. Sure. But she's out there dancing to nothing, just twisting, moving, grooving. Maybe her foot moves a little bit. Maybe she starts tapping her heel, and then other people just kind of joined in on the street, and then everyone was like, "Let's bring in pros." Um, a lot of people think now that they've kind of studied this. Uh, it was basically hysteria, uh, like mass hysteria. Um, and some people think it could have something to do with cults. Uh, hmm. So, like, uh, I'm more leaning towards the mass hysteria theory just because it, it doesn't take a lot for people to uh, start freaking out, uh, especially in that time when there's a huge famine going on, actually, in that area. Uh, so... It could have caused people to just kind of go crazy and just start jigging. Do you think it could have had anything to do with accidentally being on drugs of some sort or inebriated Ooh. in some sense? That would be interesting. Because I know some studies about the Salem witch trial, like some scientists have kind of come under this conclusion that it all happened because there was this certain um, plant, weed or whatever, that was only growing there. And people would consume it and get high. Wow. And then they started assuming people to be witches. And then the people that were, you know, I'm not a witch were the people that weren't partaking of this particular crop. So here, here, here's, I just read this. Other theories have suggested the dancers were members of a religious cult or even that they accidentally ingested ergot or ergo, uh, a toxic mold that molds that grows on damp rye and produces spasms and hallucinations. I think that sounds familiar to what I was talking about. That might, that may have been the, the substance that they were accidentally ingesting in Salem as well. Um, that's so, do you think that would work today? This dancing thing, if someone just out outside of a pandemic when everyone can join in, but if someone middle of New York city, well, the thing is, this wasn't like they were like that woman's dancing. I'm going to dance with her silently. It was like, it was spur of the moment and it was, um, an urge. It wasn't like a choice. They were spasming. It wasn't like they were actually doing choreography, uh, like we're going to talk right. about a little bit. It was, and it's why it's such a phenomenon because it, there was no one there to be like, oh, I know what this is. You ate this moldy bread. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> quit doing that. <laughs> um, everyone's like, why are we dancing? And then people died. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a weird thing to talk about. I'm I'm just 
I'm so interested in what the compulsion was for them to dance. Like, I I don't really under understand the hysteria portion of this. Well, I don't think you've ever had hysteria. Well, you know, no, and that's why I don't really yeah. grasp it. You know, like I don't know what goes on in a person's head when they're experiencing hysteria that has that makes them have this compulsion to do it or uncontrollable urge to do whatever it is they're doing. I don't think I've ever seen someone who is hysterical, but I've seen people who are who I think would look like hysterical. You just doesn't make sense. I think so. Like I, I have never witnessed someone actually going crazy. But I have seen people who, in my opinion, like my dumb opinion, of course, I would say, man, that guy's probably crazy or hysterical. That's and like, like, like some guys like in Crestview, you know, crackheads exist. Okay. It's a bad thing, but they do exist. And sometimes they just shout at you. When you're at a gas station at night and you just say, yep, that's right, brother. <laughs> and he goes, some, I mean, some, he just screams. And then you're like, that guy's on drugs. I remember, you know, that is, def that has happened to me multiple times in that city. And I mean, Gainesville's too. I mean, kind of, it, it hadn't happened to me. It hadn't ha happened to me in Gainesville. Mm. Like when I'm at a gas station late at night, it has happened to me walking to a football game oh. or walking out of a football game. Uh, cause people are on like, you know, some people are just drunk cause a football game was happening and we live in the United States of America. So some, yes, we do. We live in the yes. U S so some people, you know, were drunk. Um, and some people you could just tell were different than that, like different than the drunk. Like they were going crazy football had just happened, but they were definitely on something. Probably Coke. Yeah. Those people I have had scream at me in Gainesville, but Crestview was like that late at night gas station. <laughs> Someone's going to be screaming at you. And, and he's alone. He's, and he he's alone no, and you're alone. And he's the thing. He's alone, but he's talking to his buddies. Uh -huh. He's like chatting it up. And then he sees you and he's like, and you're like, yep. The first time I'm it happened you. to me, I remember trying to understand what the person was saying. I don't remember what they said, but I remember trying to be like, I'm going to understand what this person is saying and try and give a decent response to this. And it just did not, I, I, I couldn't do it. And every time after that, it's happened probably four times to me. The few times it happened after that, exactly what you said. You got, hey, you got, you got, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, you, I'm being, I'm getting a map. And every time I go, uh-huh. Is someone it, laughing at the door? I don't know. I doubt it. I hear, I hear like wood. I hope you guys can hear that in the audience. You know what? I will go check. Keep them entertained, Jacob. Guys. I'm so excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about, I mean, hopefully, if, if no one's here, maybe we're going to get murdered. I don't think so, though. Is, is someone there? No, we're good. Did you hear knocking? or did I, I heard something thud, but I didn't think it was knocking, so I just ignored it. Okay. I, I, I just like a professional. Wow. You're really going to call me out like that? Gots to. <sighs> Let's just move on from the boogie fever. The... I want to go out just real quick right now into the street and just start dancing silently and see if anybody will join me if they see me. Let's do that after the, sh the podcast. But I want to do it now. And I want you to go out there with, I want you to pick up this whole set of microphones and mixer and computer and narrate what I'm doing while I'm in the street. Okay. Okay, let's go. Uh, okay. I mean, are, are I'm you... kidding. You can't hold all this stuff, there's too much.
maybe that'll be our just our first YouTube video. It'll be the, it'll be the first podcast we record. It'll be like podcast but outside. Yeah. Except we'll it's just, just going to be you talking we'll just, about what I'm doing. We'll just test if we can go hysterical. Although if we're videoing it, you won't really need to narrate what I'm doing because they can just see it. So I'll actually still narrate. you'll video yourself narrating what I'm doing <laughs> like a vlog. Yeah. But don't don't watch me dance. Just have the people watch you talk about what I'm doing. I think we both I think we should try that. That'd be fun. All right, let's do it. Our very first YouTube video, <laughs> we dance to nothing and see who joins. All right. So now, speaking of dancing and boogie fever and all this stuff, we're going to talk about probably one of my favorite things uh, about life, and that is musicals. Musicals. Now, some of you might Chicken be- Chicken wings. Your favorite thing in life. That's a good- a good, a good um, Is it a close second or is it above- A close second. Or is it above musicals? I don't think chicken wings are above musicals. Wow. I like musicals Folks- a lot. That's a breakthrough here today. <laughs> I love chicken wings, but you have no idea how much this man loves chicken wings. But this is about musicals because he loves them more than chicken wings. Next week's podcast is about chicken wings. I don't think I can talk about chicken wings for more than five minutes. Dude, I tried to tell, I tried to convince Kyle to let me talk about pizza for an hour. <laughs> he was like, "No." Again, something I don't think I can talk about for more than five minutes. I feel like pizza is different. You can talk about pizza for a while. Maybe ten. I like the science behind pizza. Pepperoni pizza is the perfect science pizza, and that's fun to talk about. But other than that, I, I like, got nothing. I like the science of cooking, and I like the science, like the history of like why things are cooked a certain way and you know i like those things too so i don't know maybe we'll talk about food later on but now finally <laughs> <laughs> no wait, wait 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 i want to talk about something else okay go ahead musicals that's what i want to talk about oh okay. i know we weren't gonna get there so i just figured i should bring it home well kyle I, I'm, I'm glad you you thought of that because I, I actually want to talk about musicals oh too. <laughs> awesome very cool I'm glad very we're on cool. the same page yeah, yeah yeah you know what we should do a podcast together <laughs> <laughs> um so musicals, yeah, uh, I really like them. Well, it's squeaky. Sorry, yeah, I, this new service I have, the lid is just very squeaky. It was eight dollars, so hey, hey, don't call it Tervis. Why not? It's a cup. Just say cup. It's a, I mean, it's a Tervis like cup, and for some reason, so, that's the word I've landed on for calling it that. But, but why would you call it a Tervis? Because Tervises are also specific to. Keeping Turbis is just the brand. I know, but I, it's the same way. It, like it's the same way you call a thing a jacuzzi. It, that's also a brand. Like it's just the, it's just kind of what I've ended up doing with this. Okay, we're no. never gonna get the musicals. Well, you're the one that <laughs> talked about my squeaky lid. You also could have ignored that like a professional, but you decided to d- draw attention to it Why yet are you again. Calling me unprofessional. That's two noises you've drawn attention to that have been nothing. I still that we keep made hearing knocking. <laughs> We're gonna ignore that too. <laughs> no, there's our house is haunted. There has been no knocking. Someone uh, died here fifty years ago. <laughs> oh man. Okay, musicals. Maybe. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, like that old thing. Um, I it, musicals are not like a newfound love, but it it still does feel new to me. Me um, as well. I, I I've always had this this hankering for musicals. Like ever since I was a kid, like I always liked watching musicals. I I never had like an adverse reaction to them like some people do and i want to talk about that later um but i didn't know i loved musicals until high school right um when i started you know doing them i it depends on what i guess definition you take because i knew i loved musicals in terms of something that you know that had like a 
performance that has music inside of it and the characters is singing, right? Yeah. And that was really, I only knew that I loved those because of Disney movies. But I didn't have a love for Broadway musicals, on stage performance musicals, also until high school. You know what's funny? I didn't watch a lot of Disney musicals as a kid. And I know that may sound crazy, but like I didn't watch Beauty and the Beast when I was a kid. I didn't watch most of the princess movies. I, I, I mean, I may have watched them, but I watched them once. I didn't put, watch them on repeat. Right. Uh, I didn't have the VHS tapes. Like I watched other things. I just, I just didn't watch it. I don't know why. Um, yeah, we watched most of them I, when I, I was a I'm kid. I'm trying to think of one that I may have watched. Like, like Lion King, because it was in the vault for so long, I remember watching when I was very, very little. Um, but I had completely forgotten like what happened in the movie. And I remember being like late middle school, early high school and being like, I need to find this somewhere and watch it. Cause everyone references it. And mm-hmm. I have not watched it in probably like 10 years. And I eventually found it on YouTube and kind of just like put it together in my head. But eventually the Disney vault thing kind of ended. Right. Um, is Lion King still, uh, this is random. Is it on Disney plus? Like the- I honestly don't know. Since Disney Plus has come out, I haven't tried to watch The Lion King because we have it on DVD back home. So I huh. that that's how I watched it back home. So I didn't really think about checking. Because I, even though like WandaVision stuff is like on Disney Plus, I don't think it's worth it without Lion King. <laughs> well, it probably lo- is. A lot of people didn't think Disney Plus was really worth it, except for Mando. That was really their big selling point when it first came out. And you know, then they put more and more stuff on it. And, you know, The Simpsons is on there. Yeah. Um. For a while now, and now with this coming out and all the new Marvel shows, now everyone's like, "All right, Disney Plus is becoming worth it." Definitely. Um. But back to musicals, right? So, do you have a favorite musical? I was afraid this question was going to come up. I I knew you were. When I when I get asked favorite questions or when I ask other people, I'm always adamant about you have to have an answer. Mm. Pick a favorite. At some point in your life, just kind of decide on one. Even if you might think, well, some days the other one is your favorite, just pick one to be your answer. But I haven't done that with musicals, which makes me feel kind of like a hypocrite. It could be a movie musical or like a Disney thing if you want. See, now, like if it were a Disney thing, then that's pretty easy for me. It's always been Lion King for me, which I know is a lot of people's favorites, but it's just so good. And the musical is really good, too. The music is fantastic. Um, I, I know that I have a favorite person in charge of musicals, which is Alan Menken. Yeah. Man Alan is, Menken's a freaking legend. Man has written the music for eight Disney musicals. And here they are. I'm going to try and ride them off the top of my head. Hercules. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tangled. Beauty and the Beast. Little Mermaid. Aladdin. Enchanted. And there is another Disney one that he did. Did you say Pocahontas? I did not. That is the other one. Yeah. It's Pocahontas. I was going to say Mulan, but that thing is like one of the few that he didn't write. Yeah, he didn't write it. It's Pocahontas. That's the eighth one. And then obviously he wrote the one that I assume is your favorite. What? If A Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop. Yeah. yeah. And that he wrote is, that too. That has always been, not always, but like it's for a long time been my favorite. I think it's just so classic um innovative for its time it's a really old story 
I really love Little Shop. It's the perfect theme. It's got it's quirky. It's weird. It's got bits of little horror in it. It's not like deep or like you have to understand anything. And there are musicals that do those things better than Little Shop. I mean, it is. But the music's great. It's fairly deep, I would say. It's deep, but like it's not like it's not hard to digest. It's not like you have to make a decision as an audience. It's like you watch somebody, you know, you watch Seymour, who's like this, you know, orphan who's like, you know, dejected by society and he's sad at the beginning and he wants a girlfriend and Audrey's this beautiful girl with a weird voice and, you know, he's like, woe is me. And then he finds this random plant because he's apparently an apprentice to like this uh, florist, botanist. florist botanist shop owner, right? And it's like this really crappy flower shop. And he buys this plant from this Chinese man. And all of a sudden, uh, things start happening to Seymour. Because this, this plant is actually technically an alien from like another world uh, that can control like reality, essentially. They, they, they kind of tease that in the musical. It kind of just goes to everybody's head. But yeah. Right. Audrey 2 is like super powerful. <laughs> um, but anyways... You know, you basically, long story short, the plant eats humans, right? And slowly Seymour begins to realize this because he feeds Audrey to uh, the plant uh, his own blood for a long time. And then the plant starts talking to him like in a really sultry, black, Very deep. black voice. Feed me Seymour. I don't know how else to say it. Black man's voice. It's just the way that's just. Yeah. A black man, deep and deep and moving. A black man typically plays Audrey too. I yeah. can't imagine a white man ever playing that role. No, um, it's a very, very uh, prolific role in on in Broadway, honestly. Um, and he's like, Seymour, feed me people. And Seymour's like, you're crazy. I'm not feeding you anybody. And slowly he begins playing with Seymour's morals, right? And he's like, you know, that dentist is messing with your girl. And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say. Too. That's a very <laughs> weird sentence. That Dennis. <laughs> Man, screw they, that they Dennis. Ha- they have an entire song in there about being a dentist. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's not right. And, and, and But now, it works somehow. And now I'm going to pivot. I was talking about Little Shop for way too long. Little Shop's great. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. I'm going to pivot because... That's some people's problems with musicals. It's like, why write songs about something pointless? And I, I think that's the reason why people get turned off to musicals. I was talking to somebody literally last night. Um, They're like, you know, oh, what, what year are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm in between, you know, schools mm. right now. Times are hard, whatever. Uh, but I want to study musical theater and pursue acting and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, you know, musical, what kind of music do you listen to? And I was like, oh, a lot of Broadway, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I listened to pretty much anything else, like, you know, techno and rap and, you know, whatever else, rock, 70s, 80s, you know, et cetera. And he was like, you know, I can't listen to musicals. I don't know what it is about it. I've, I, I've, I've literally seen a musical on Broadway. It's like, you've seen a musical on Broadway and it doesn't, like, change your life? And he's like, no. Like, no, because it was Mean Girls on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I think you watched Wicked, which, to be fair, not the best musical to see on Broadway. I do love Wicked though. I, I don't mind it. Um, it's it's not, it's just not my favorite. Um, I think it's like I said. I say I say that a lot. Even if it, even if I didn't said, I say, say like, like I, I said. said. Uh huh. Um, I, I think probably it's the have microphone man. 
What's that? I think it's the microphone. It gets into your head and you're like, have I already said something? It's, I'll go ahead and say like I said in case I said. It's funny because I've said that phrase 11 times today at least when I was like I was training someone at work. I was like, like I said, but I definitely didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why I keep saying that, but I don't like things that are overly popular typically. You're like you're semi hipster in that semi. way. Semi. I don't like like if things get just way, way too popular, I can't I have trouble appreciating it. Yeah, because we were talking about that when now the anime has kind of started becoming more of a uh accepted part of Western culture opinion. Yeah. And you were like, Well, I think that'll make anime lose its charm and you know, that was kind of your whole uh headspace behind it. Thinking back on that it's kind of dumb because anime is already really popular in Japan and yeah. Asian countries. So it's like, it's probably like the only thing they watch. Like not the only thing, but like it's, it's a big part of what they watch over yeah. there. So it's like, it's like saying, well, Disney loses its charm because it's super popular. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I, um, it's hard to say, but like I am, I am a hipster a bit in that way that I like to watch, watch and observe, observe things that, aren't getting that much attention and kind of being the first one. And that's, and that's a weird thing to say, but I don't like gatekeeping. I don't like that, that culture where it's like, well, if you, if normies watch this, they'll ruin it. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. I do catch myself doing that sometimes. So I got to make sure to not do that. Cause that's lame. It is lame. But Musicals. pivot back to what we were talking about. But I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to pivot from talking about little shops to talk about people who don't like musicals and why. Right. What are your theories? One of the points you made was, you know, when they have this thought of why make a song about something pointless, like he's singing a song about being a dentist, right? Yeah. And they're well, why make a song about uh, something so pointless? Why not? <laughs> I like because, like you said, a, a a lot of the musicals, at least in our opinions, that are that are pretty good, are ones that do have songs that are just kind of off the cuff. Yeah. And almost a weird thing to write a song about. And that's what makes the song so unique. Like a lot of musicals, like Wicked, for instance, there aren't a lot of really any songs in Wicked where they sing a song of whatever's happening to them. And you're like, they could have done without a song there. Or you think right. that's a weird thing to make a song about because their songs are typically like, you know, I want songs. Yeah. You you and I are this. You and I are these uh, students at the school that kind of clash and. We're going to have a song about that. I'm going to have a song about making you more popular than you were, you know? So, like, there are there are p people that, you know, when they're talking about why musicals are the way they are, they, they say, like, musicals are, like, when talking can no longer convey that emotion. Right. That's when you start singing, and singing can convey different emotions than just talking. Um, I agree to that a little bit. Like, I'm not, like, you know, yeah. that's why we sing. It's just, like, that's part of it, I think. I think a musical that does that beautifully is Hunchback. Oh, for sure. Um, Hunchback has some of the best written music of any musical I have ever heard in my life. And it life. was pretty much all off Broadway, right? Oh, it was all off Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had like some, uh, like, uh, oh, what is it called? When people go on strike, union stri union, union issues, uh, with the show, and it just never made it on Broadway. Um, which is a shame. I don't. I don't think it would be like ultra popular. I just think it should be on Broadway. Right. I mean, it's one of the most overlooked Disney movies as well. Yeah. Because I mean, the music inside of the Disney movie is really good as well. Obviously, you watched the video before. Jason Alexander in that movie <laughs> is kind of what makes it 
not a wash, but worse than it could have been. Yeah. It's still a great movie. It, it has a bunch of tonal issues and yeah. stuff like that because Disney was in a weird spot because um, they just come off of like making these incredible movies and they're like, okay, now we're going to do a really big story. We want to get an Oscar, but we still got to sell it to kids. So gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, the story, the story of Hunchback is old, 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 old. Um, and it's really interesting, but we're stuck into that either. Cause Hunchback is probably like my second favorite musical. Really and good. It's funny. I, although I love little shop, I've never done little shop. Right. Um, probably one of my favorite uh one of my dream roles would be to play or in the dentist or even see more but i, I, would I think you i think you would suit the dentist more definitely uh that'd be like one of my dream roles but uh as far as like my favorite musical or play that i've ever done hunchback is definitely 100 yeah. percent. and i watched i watched hunchback obviously when you were in it and it was so incredible and i forget the the man's name who played quasimodo his name is Michael. Uh, he was just on Facebook. Um, it's not Michael Strahan. It's Michael. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, Michael Strahan is a football player yeah, with the is. with the gap in his teeth. That's on <laughs> Good Morning America or whatever show he's on now. That is not Quasimodo. That is not the man who played Quasimodo. Um, but when he finds the name, the man who played Quasimodo in their performance at Northwest was so incredible. Yeah, and so talented. It was oh, such Michael McCoy. McCoy, that's it. It was such a good show to watch. Dude, Michael, if you're listening to this, dude. <laughs> I swear every episode, you know, hey, you person, if you're listening to this. Dude, if you're listening to this, you're a king. Great incredible performance and Hunchback itself as a musical is written so well and the music is so incredible. I actually recently watched um, a clip from the musical that we we did when he was singing "Made of Stone," um, the really good song, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I got chills. So good. He's just incredible. But that show is like it's like whenever you're performing like that on stage, and you're really giving it your all, it's like magic. And I yeah. feel like some people can equate this to sports as well. Like maybe not in such a, for lack of a better word, for lack of a better word, girly word like magic or right. like you know it's, like, it's spiritual it's it's like instinctual and it feels it feels so good when you're playing a sport right or doing or like you know competing right or making art right it's awesome in the sense of the word it's not like so radical in the sense of the word that it literally strikes awe in a person exactly. it's that definition of awesome yeah it, and it's it changes you and it make and I think where the, where musicals kind of separate from other um, teams or like other groups of people, I think singing with people specifically makes you have a different bond. Oh, for sure, um, and, for sure. And scientists uh, have actually studied this this particular uh, phenomenon of yeah. people singing together in ensembles and stuff like that. Those people will like be bonded together for life. And yeah. I, I mean, there are people who obviously I've sang with in college and in high school that I still talk to this day. Music, music itself is just such a, it's just such such a strong. It's not an object. It's just a strong thing because it's not a concept yeah. either. I'm not sure what to call it. It's just such a strong part of life. Like no one plays basketball at a plant to make it grow better, but they play music at plants to make <laughs> it grow better. Yeah, it's it's a force, and it's 
and it's innate in us. You know what's funny? It's innate in zero other animals. Zero. Uh, I, I mean, I would disagree there because, you know, there are like songbirds, for instance, that communicate through whatever their version of song is. Right. Okay. But, but hear me out, right? We perceive that as songs, mm-hmm. them singing, because we are so used to, and we try to emulate the sounds of birds singing hundreds of years ago, right, with sonatas and stuff like that. But they are literally just speaking. They're, they're not thinking of a note and, you know, placing it and everything like that. So, and there are animals that can try to emulate a beat. Like you've seen parrots that kind of like do a dance, they go up and down and stuff like that. Those but are fantastic videos. Incredible. <laughs> Turtles, when they shake their butt, it's such a cute little thing. Uh, seals slap themselves, and you're like, oh, it's got a beat to it. But they don't keep a beat. They can't. The animals aren't, are mm-hmm. almost all of them are capable. Humans are the only ones who perceive that, who can see, see a, a seal slapping its blubber and go, oh, wait, I can make a sip feel for that and match it with Kanye West's Gold Digger. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> that'd be a good mix up. <laughs> um, so, like, that makes us. If anything, uh, of all the things like the humans are, that makes us special music, and it bums. Not bums. It doesn't bum me out, but it, like it really, I feel bad for people who don't either have a, like a, a strong appreciation and love for music, or like who can't like are tone deaf. Like my mom is really tone deaf. Like she can't like sing along to stuff on the radio. Right? She sings. She sings along to the right. radio. I don't. I don't feel bad for the people that are tone deaf necessarily depending on the person like like my little brother for instance can't sing to save his life love you aaron uh also he did just start recently listening to the podcast so once he gets up to this episode aaron you're a trash singer and you know that i think this is the second time we've mentioned that you're a trash singer yeah sorry about it (laughs) um but like when he sings along to stuff i mean he loves singing along to stuff like we'll sing we, we used to do this bit all the time do you do you remember the end of the woods uh movie yeah uh there's a song called agony I love agony. Me and Aaron would sing that song all the time. And at random points in the day, my mom would just kind of throw it on in the house, and he and I would just belt into song no matter what we were doing. Like, and he can't sing to save his life, but like he loves to sing because, you know, it's it's music. But I do feel bad for the people that, and I haven't met many, that just really don't have an appreciation for really any type of music. Mm. I do feel bad for those people. And I, I do feel bad for the people that don't have an appreciation for musicals either disney broadway what have you because it's there's so there's so much love poured into musicals and hard work the music behind them and the lyrics that are put forth and obviously when you're watching it the choreography and the the blocking and the if it's if it's not something like hamilton or lame is the dialogue in between the songs and the lighting the lighting the set design you know like like, like these things like the creativity that's required for that is so immense, and that's why, like, I think of like, I, I think of musicals as being something innately special and something so different. So when someone last night is like, "I don't like musicals," I don't like, I'm like, "How can you not like watch Wicked and like see this beautiful set and people just like sing their hearts out to you?" Like, and they've done it eight other times this week. Like, how can you not just be in awe of that? Like when I told him I hadn't seen anything on Broadway, he was like. What you you know you love musicals but you haven't seen anything on Broadway? It's like yeah, I just I, I don't have five hundred dollars to yeah. buy a ticket. Um, and that's all of that is something that's 
that's been shifting over the past five years, obviously thanks to Hamilton. Right. Because I can for sure say for myself that when I was growing up, I do, if I did know a person, if I did have a friend my age or somewhere in that range that was a fan of musicals at the, at, you know, at a little age, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, I didn't know that they were. I didn't, mm. I don't believe that I knew anybody that knew any or was a fan of any musicals. And now, you know, with Hamilton, with it being as of as huge of a phenomenon as it is, there are so many little kids that love Hamilton. Right. And most likely because of that, have gotten their parents to show them other musicals and have fallen in love with different musicals and have just fallen in love with that whole category in general. Yeah. So Hamilton was this big catalyst for a lot of people of a lot of different age groups to be to like it made them experience what can happen on Broadway and and think this is what I've been missing out on. Yeah. Because this is incredible and there are other shows just as incredible if not more so depending on your taste. It's a very unique art form. It, yeah. And it's a collaborative art form. It takes people from all different types of like cultures, backgrounds and uh um, like lifestyles, like you can have people who are just like, who who are in Hunchback of Notre Dame and who are like you know, uh, like religious people who like can enjoy that show and see like you know, uh, like you know who love France, people who love good music, people who love a good story, mm-hmm. people who love you know, entertaining you know singing, people who love dancing, like and you can see all those people in one audience and yeah. entertain them thoroughly. Um, you know, and you can see, you can, you know, have people go to the SpongeBob SquarePants musical and have people go to Once on this Island. They're like next door to each other, basically. Right. And they're all using the same art form to tell vastly different stories. Yes. Um, musicals are awesome, dude. Incredible. And And we, we, we were talking about theories about people who don't like musicals. There certainly was a stigma, and I'm sure still is for some people, of the the genre of musical theater being for non-straight people. Yeah. And so, you know, if – like, even when we were growing up, you know, like, that was still – America was moving into a very progressive state, but it wasn't where it is right now. No. And so when you said musical theater, that was like, you know, as for not straight people, I'm not going to listen to a musical for I am straight. And, you know, that even like that whole stigma in general, when I forget what year it was, when Neil Patrick Harris was hosting the Tonys and he had that whole opening song that it's not just for gays anymore. Right. Like that was his whole that was the entire song that opened up the Tonys. Um, So, I mean, I think some people still carry that subconsciously or not with them that, you know, that's for people who don't identify as straight. And, you know, if they like that, then that would take something away from them i guess i don't really know it it bothers my mind that people still have those kinds of stigmas and like like about someone's sexuality dictating what kind of music you like right like if you enjoy little shop of horrors that doesn't make you gay no that doesn't make you like buttholes (laughs) all right all right (laughs) you know what i mean like and who cares if you like buttholes? Like, you know what I mean? It does, it's not important. 
If you don't like it because of other reasons, cool. But don't like it because you think it makes you gay. Like, what's something else? I, I, I'm bad with picking examples, especially for this topic. Like, what's something else people say, like, you know, makes you gay? Driving a Ford. Ballet. Like, ballet. Dancing. What the heck? I can understand if you're shy, you don't want to dance. That makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah, stage fright is a completely different beast. Well, I mean, like, not even just stage fright, but just dancing in public, like, around people. Like, right, going right. to a club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to dance because it's makes, because they're shy or they don't want to, like, you know, mess they don't, up. Like, and, you know, and if they're a bad dancer, you know, they don't want to be judged for it. Some people are just like, dancing is gay. Hey. hey not isn't. You're wrong. Not isn't. Dancing's fun. Not isn't. <laughs> beef number five. <laughs> beef number five, not isn't. Is that what you're saying? Beef letter five. No, I was, be- I was beef number A. Beef number A. Beef number F. Beef number F. <laughs> um, yeah. So, musicals. I I don't... If I were If I were going to pick a favorite, it's so difficult. I, I might... I I might pick in the heights, which really good. If Always. if you're unaware, you I assume if you know what Hamilton is, and you know who Lin Manuel Miranda is. If you're unaware, he wrote a different musical called In the Heights that won Best Musical in 2009. Also, kind of same vein as Hamilton in terms of that it's got music and rap. It's more music than rap. It's a more music to rap ratio than Hamilton is, mm-hmm. but it's still got rap in there. A lot of music, and it's like 50 to 60% Spanish, or I would say maybe 40% Spanish. It's hard to say, but a lot of Spanish and a lot of English, and it's not a full musical like Hamilton is. There's dialogue, and there's... Well, I think it's something important that you're leaving out is it's about um, this neighborhood in New York City that's dominated particularly by Caribbean Island. Yeah, Puerto Um, Ricans and Dominican Republic, mostly. um, All those those kinds of um, ethnicities down there, uh, up there, rather. Uh, and it tackles it's it's based on of a novel or a, a um, something. I'm no, not. It's based off a novel or a uh, biography of, of right. some sorts um, about a guy who moves there and is trying just to scrape by. Um, and it's a really touching story. But like I said, it's if you read a book about that, it's like oh, interesting. Like there's an author out there who can articulate a story like that and make you feel certain emotions. I yeah. think there there are people who can read books like that and be enamored. And I, I, I'm not one of those people. I'm much more of a visual person and, and an audio person, but yeah. I understand that sentiment. But like I said, I just explained that to you and basically it makes, it doesn't entice you, right? You're mm-hmm. like, Oh, it's a music. It's, it, it's, it's about this guy who's from the Dominican Republic in New York city. He's just scraping by. It sounds like a normal guy. Okay. But then the music, the music and it the like the music itself tells you stories about other characters that have little nuances around him. The way the music progresses, it's like, mm-hmm. oh. Oh, and one of my favorite things about musicals is motifs. When yes. a song later in the musical uses the same musical riff or the same melody, the same motif as a song that came beforehand inside of the song, that is one of my favorite things of all time in musicals. So here's the thing, right? So motifs have been around for a really, 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 really long time, and they exist in all kinds of art. I just touched the mic. Sorry if you ears are busted. Unprofessional. Um, I hate you so much. Beef number eighty. <laughs> Be, uh, that was the letter A D because we've gone past twenty six beefs. I almost said 
beef just to come back into us. I almost said beef again. Uh, <laughs> I almost said beef. Like I beef. Um, <laughs> um, motifs have existed for a long time. Um, in architecture, right? They're, like it, a lot of people don't think of architecture as like an art form anymore because it's kind of like you know, right? Especially not in America. People's job is just to architect things. Yeah. Um, just build me a building, and I will be inside of it later. But before the written novel, that's what the novel was. It was on a wall, in, on a building, in a church. Yeah. Keep, you know, and a lot of people are like, "Well, why is so much of that religious?" It's just because that's who had the money to pay for things. Mm. So they would, you know, make art and sculpt things. The novel technically like killed the architecture movement. So when people started writing stuff down and actually were able to print it for what you know, people far and wide, that kind of killed the need for carving intricate little things. And then, and then one man, Victor Hugo. Victor Hugo, hunchback. But uh to to keep continuing on with that, right? That that line of thought. So motifs obviously kind of motifs um there's a word for it in written language that I can't think of. Um, like repeated phrases throughout a book or like symbolism throughout a book. Right. right that all exists inside novels and, like you know. parallelism? Parallelism, sure. The same thing exists in musicals. So like, you know, it's kind of like how you, uh, how you perceive things. If you're specifically like an audio, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, learner. Is that what it's called? Audio? Yeah, audio learning and visual learning and the hands-on one that I always forget. Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic, thank you. Um, Like, I think of audio, I think of, you know, visual learning as like, okay, you know, seeing the architecture. I think reading kind of has a visual thing to it, but I think it's also about your mind, too. Yes, if re- reading, get, you can really get something from reading if you have a vivid imagination along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, I love reading because I... I consider my imagination or at least my ability to read words and put it into a picture. I consider my ability for that really good. So I remember very specific things from books because I have the specific image I made for myself when I read it. Right. But the thing is like with musicals is like that same symbolism exists, but in the music. So it's for people who, you know, understand music and understand, you know, how things are written in music. It's like almost like a, another language. It's like saying yeah. it's like telling someone a joke in a different language. I mean, like, oh, I, I get it. I'm on, I'm on the inside now. What one one of the one of the cooler things that I've witnessed that in is so you did you also performed in Footloose. I did. Um, and you hadn't seen the movie Footloose until about a week ago when nope. we watched it. <laughs> and it's funny. So I, yeah, go on. That's something that I found really interesting musical wise because there's a point in the movie, um, where it's it's later on and they start they have a musical box that's playing on top of the car and it's playing the tune to almost paradise which is actually fully fleshed out in song form in the musical on stage but in the movie yep. it's just a musical box that's going with no words or anything it's just a cute little yeah. tune and then you saw that and you were like Oh, it's playing almost paradise. And so like, you know, there's an there was an audio cue that took you right back to something you loved or just to the song that you loved. Cause it's a really good song inside of Footloose. It really is. And so like not having seen the movie before and knowing the musical first, that was also an interesting thing to yeah, witness. Exactly. Music, man. 
It's so good. I know they're good musical. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, people have made musicals about all kinds of crap. And some musicals are just fun, you know? Yeah. Like the Billy Joel musical. Uh, I forget what they called that one. Uh, Moving Out. Moving Out, thank you. I couldn't remember which song they used as the title. Yeah. Great musical. It's just fun the really whole way good. through. You know, it's got a basic storyline of, you know, just kind of up and down. They made a Green Day musical. They made a Green Day musical. It's just fun. A one that could have been fun but was garbage is the Spider-Man musical. Oh, my gosh. It could have been so much fun. You know what I found out? And I think we can start kind of wrapping it up here with this uh, mic drop of a statement. I'm, gonna, right. I'm not going to pick up the mic because it's going to audio stuff. But Radioactive uh, – not Radioactive. Uh, Imagine Dragons, their first album, was loosely or like at some point another Spider-Man musical – and radio and the writers uh, from Imagine Dragons, like the artist, mm-hmm. right? They wrote it, and then they were like, "No, we're not making another Spider-Man musical." No, and then they just published it as a rock album, and that's where Imagine Dragons came from. I did not know that. Think about Radioactive, the lyrics. I mean, yeah, that a hundred percent makes sense. Like it's about the spider. It, that's so weird. I really, I want everybody to close their eyes. I want you to listen to the song Radioactive in your head. Uh, if you can't pull it out of your brain, let me give it to you. I feel it in my bones enough to... That song, okay? Now, look at a, look at a stage, right? Imagine... Uh, you know what? Actually, imagine kind of a sewer setup, right? Peter Parker has just been bitten by a spider while inside the sewer. And he stands up and these drums start kicking in. And he starts singing Radioactive to the sewer walls with echoes and just prancing around stage, letting his heart out. In tights. <laughs> you know what? He got bit by the spider and immediately <laughs> pants left, tights came. <laughs> and he started singing radioactive to the no, sewer no, 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 walls no, no, no. and he's the sewer wearing, rats. He's wearing tights that look like jeans. <laughs> Just imagine that song being on a stage. How cool would that have been? That would have been awesome. I think another very cool thing. We you briefly mentioned the SpongeBob musical earlier, I which did. that kind of sounds like a joke to some of you. It's amazing. I love I just, it. I just want that to. I just want that to be known. It's very good music, and one of the reasons is that every song was written by a different group of people, and I'm going to name some of those groups now. One of the songs was written by Aerosmith. One of them was written by Lady Antebellum. One of them was written by the Plain White Tees. One of them was written by Brendan uh, Urie. John Urie. One of them was written by John Legend. Um, there's so on somebody so else that I'm David missing. Bowie. David Bowie. Yes, thank you. Um, a lot of the songs were written by these huge groups, and the music is absolutely stellar because of it. SpongeBob is not like an insanely dense, you know. Like, no, it's a SpongeBob story. story. It's SpongeBob story. There's a it's, volcano that's gonna blow up, and they're trying to save Bikini Bottom. It's literally that, but the music is written by 15, 20 different people, and it's all connecting the same story. It's like that's awesome. Why didn't have to do that? They could have just written, written something stupid, and everyone would be like, "SpongeBob, yeah." And I mean, they took some, they took some little songs from the SpongeBob show and yeah. pulled it in there, like "Best Day Ever." Towards the end of the musical, they use that song to kind of flesh out a more full song, and it's incredible. Yeah. I have a friend who saw that live, and, it, and really? they were just blown away. Yeah. It's so good. Um, 
Damn it. Musicals. I think if I'm going to pick a favorite right now, it would be In the Heights. Dogfight might even be a close second. Dogfight? Wow. I, I really love Dogfight. Just the, 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 a lot of the males in that musical are very high tenors. And so the harmonies that they're able to pull off just really hit, hit hard for me. Cause I That's love harmony. I love harmonies. Yeah. Just in general. So that one really hits for me. We did not play this game or do this bit last episode. We Unfortunately. Forgot, but we're going to do it this time. Um, Kyle. It's called uh, Beef Number. <laughs> it's called Beef Number. Kyle, what? Rename Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Imagine Dragons. What am I going to rename them? Oh, wait. I also want to say this real quick before we do that. Uh, who would? Uh, I'm curious. Who would win in a fight? Oh, jeez. Thanos or Autry 2? Ooh. That's pretty interesting. The thing is, Autry 2 relies solely on eating humans for its powers. Right. But he can sing super good. <laughs> like you think Thanos he could woo Thanos enough? Like I, uh, And maybe he could convince Thanos to work for him with his mind power. Yeah. Woogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> woogie, woogie, woogie. Woogie, 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 woogie. I say Audrey 2. Audrey 2. As long as it'd be a close fight. So if he can alter reality, why doesn't he just alter himself to be able to move on his own to go to the humans that he needs to consume? Right? Well, it's kind of hard to say. I don't want to get into this because it's it's a bit of a it's not really explained in the show. Right. right? I guess it's it, I, it'd, be, it'd be way too convenient. There, yeah, I'm yeah, I, there's probably some rule of his alien world it's like you know you can't alter yourself but you can alter things around you right like, like he could just like you know make Oren and you know audrey walk in whenever he wants to but right you can't like you know change to a dog you know <laughs> but anyways um rename imagine dragons imagine please. dragons um imagine dragons what is the worst mythical creature the dragon is the best mythical creature. What is the worst mythical creature that has ever Cyclops. existed? You think the Cyclops is the worst mythical creature? Yeah, he's creature? so sad. <laughs> and when uh, he cries, he only has one eye. That's true. So does he cry like on both sides of his eye or does it come down the center of his eye? The center, definitely. I think that's how Mike was asked. Mike, I can't say his name. Mike was <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I've renamed him you, as well. You, you know, Mike was You know, Mike was <laughs> Um, you know what? You know, I'm just gonna keep it simple. He's gonna be Imagine Cyclops. That's what they are now. Imagine Cyclops. Okay, give me one. Um, you know what? We'll we'll keep we'll keep theme. Just rename Audrey too. Give it something Audrey a little too. more unique than him just being like, I love Audrey. You are Audrey too. Right. Um You could call him Mushnik Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Mushnik Seven? <laughs> that sounds like something that Russia would send up to space. <laughs> To go to the moon. Wish Nick Seven's good, but I, I want to change it. Um, you're gonna call him. I'm waiting. Sasuke. Sasuke. <laughs> Sasuke. Dude, imagine how epic Object Two would be if he had like this <laughs> super awesome anime voice. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing he knows is substitution jutsu. Seibora, feed me all the substitution. All of my two. Anime girl. See, no, I can't do it. You're trying to go for it. I was about to. 
but I also decided against it. I'd rather, I'd really rather. How would that song go instead of like "Feed Me Seymour"? It would sound like this, like old hyper pop, you know? <laughs> all Korean. <laughs> Seymour's like, "What are you saying?" Feed Me Seymour. Oh my gosh! All right. I um, hope none of that was insensitive. <laughs> I don't think so. We're, we're, we're just having fun. We're, we're just milking and screaming. Fun. We're just milking and screaming. Kyle, rename this show. This show. Yeah. All right. Also, we're keeping the name, but just rename it. No, ah. but we're not keeping that name. Like the name you're going to come I up was going to say, you put a lot of pressure on me no. just now. <laughs> no. Rename the show. It's a lot of pressure. You know, the first week, we were good at this. And since then, you have been good at this, and I have been bad at this. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to end this with a rename. Well, then I'm I'll going go, to let uh, everybody we'll, down. We'll come back to me then. You know, you rename the show. I have faith in you for this. Um, I do not have faith in me. All right. We're going to call it The Dancing Plague of 1518. <laughs> we're going to call it. Um, that still boggles my mind. <laughs> yeah. I want to inflict hysteria upon everybody so that they'll dance with me. I just don't want anybody to die at the well, end. Well, we're it. not going to. It's not inflicting hysteria. It's just because everyone was so hungry and eating. Yeah, and bread. I want to be the reason that everybody's hungry so and you eating moldy make bread. bread. Moldy. Make it get mold. Uh huh. I did a science experiment Molded in the fourth it. grade where I left bread and cheese out and made it moldy, and I could do it again. And, and this time and I'll then feed you can get it to people. people. Uh huh. Um, I'll put this it in some show, brownies. henceforth, will now be called Jared from Subway. Jared, I realized you were gonna say something like moldy bread, but nope. No, Jared from Subway. Uh, yeah, bad take. I mean, not bad take. Bad guy. He's a bad guy. You know, I don't think. But he I, lost all that weight. Who are we talking about right now? You don't know Jared from Subway. I do not know Jared from Subway. Okay, we're talking about him next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, is that that really old Subway commercial? Yeah. I remember the one now. And he. Not good. Yeah, guy. yeah, 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 yeah. I know the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're not talking about him <laughs> ever, actually. Guys, this show is now called Jared from Subway. <laughs> and also, don't Google that. Is it Jared? I think it's Jared. I believe it is. Yeah. It's ringing a bell. Um. Well, we're we are uh, we're about to, we're about to go watch the new Wandavision episode. Yeah. Because this is Friday, February twenty sixth. Uh, it's episode eight out of nine, and that's what we're about to go do. So. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much. If you, you know, if you've never really been that big into musicals, pick one of the ones we talked about. I don't think we talked about any of the ones that were bad, except for the Spider-Man musical. Or like musical. niche. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. These are really basic musicals. Yeah, there's like, some basic ones. Uh, I think one that's a tad more niche, but not really that much, is Calvin Berger, one I also really love. Oh, uh, yeah. Um. So, you know, just pick a musical that we talked about. Give it a listen. See what you think. Um. Because we highly recommend them. And like we said, music is so important in general and especially in both of our lives. And a lot of, a lot of the musicals we talked about have been pretty pivotal in yeah, our lives, I would say. 100%. Uh, for me, I know we didn't talk about it much, but we got into musicals in high school. And for me, it was because of Hamilton that I found more. Hamilton yeah. didn't become my favorite, but it was because of that and because of the people that I wanted to impress in high school that I got into musical theater. Yep. So give a musical a listen, see what you think, and then uh, hit us up for some other ones, and we can, you know, 
just tell you uh, what ones we think you should listen to, what ones yeah. hit us the hardest, what ones have the biggest impact on our lives, the deepest ones, the most fun music, um, yeah. the best music, the best lyrics, the best story. There's a lot of them out there. For sure. Um, thank you guys for letting us talk to you. We will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Later, skater. <laughs>